welcome to the Long Road Podcast. The journey goes ever on with the Long Road. This episode, music like a fine wine. We take a look back at the origins of our shared musical heritage and the confluence of events that led to folk, jazz and rock all combining to create the sound of the Long Road. The Long Road Podcast is exploring the world of the vagabond, the troubadour, the adventurer. The world isn't beige, it isn't processed, it's authentic, it's rich and it's real. Uh, and if those are the sort of sentiments that make your brain light up, then hop on board. We're embracing all of those things, celebrating all of that stuff. And we'd love it if you joined us on the journey. Greetings, I am Chris the Bish Leiden, uh, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please do comment on our Facebook page, let us know the bits you enjoy the most, or if there's things you think we should try to mix things up, you know, let us know that as well. Um, I've had a quick glance at our top listener countries before I sit down to record this. Um, the USA is still on top of the board, uh, but there's some new listeners from Switzerland um, that have brought that into third place. Uh, some listeners in Luxembourg and Jordan as well. Brazil, Colombia, Mexico, Russia, South Africa, Hungary, they're all on the list. It's quite, quite remarkable. So hello, wherever in the world you are. Um, we're going to crack straight onto the content today. Um, we do uh, The Long Road Revealed on our most listened to track of all time, uh, Wrapped Up In You. It's got almost 30,000 listens on Spotify. Um, we'll do a, a bit of a comparison of one of the early demo versions that Steve Bonham recorded uh, to send to me and Kev um, alongside the final released version so you can sort of see where things started off and how they ended up sounding. And then the main content of today's podcast is some extracts from a, a chat that Steve and I had a few weeks ago, not long after we'd come out of the, re, uh, the recording studio, having spent two weeks recording uh, our new songs for the upcoming EP releases this year. A quick shout out to Stuart Jones at Woodworm Studios um, for the undeniable role he's played in the Long Road sound over the years. Uh, he's a great musician and a great engineer. Steve and I spoke a bit about how me and him started making music together back way back in the year 2000 and the musical combination of folk and jazz and rock that Steve, me and Kev the big man each bring to, to making the unique Long Road sound. Um, I love this quote that came up during that chat. Uh, which Steve was quoting, I think, from um, Kev, the big man, more, um, about our style of acoustic music. Acoustic music can be angry and passionate and damned heavy, uh, as well as the sweetness and light and the melancholy. And I just love that. For for me and our music, the depth isn't just in the dark and the loud. It's in there in the quiet and the light and, and all the shades in between as well. Um, must apologise for some cracks and popples on the audio during this week's conversation. Uh, I think one of the mics must have been a little bit dodgy. Um, and in fact, we did have to stop recording at one point because one of the mics seemed to switch itself off randomly. The light went off. Um, uh, but anyway, the show must go on. And it did. So this week on The Long Road Revealed, we dive deeper into how Wrapped Up In You, from our um, American Wilderness EP from October 2019, um, how that song came about. Um, it begins with sort of an instrumental slash technical thing, really, uh, a thing called a capo. Now, not being a guitarist, these are a bit of a mystery to me, but uh, essentially a capo is something that you clamp over your guitar strings, normally all six strings at once. To, uh, to shorten the length of the strings so they, they're pitched a bit higher. Um, often they'll be used as a sort of time saver if the guitar's tuned to, say, open D 
i.e. it plays a D chord when all the strings are uh, strummed. Um, but we wanted to play that particular song in E-flat, so a semitone higher, for whatever reason. It's simple, you just put a capo on the first fret and D becomes E-flat. Um, now Steve's here, um, in a moment he's going to be talking about a thing called a partial capo, which I hadn't heard of until Steve introduced it to me, um, which does the same thing, but only on some of the strings. Uh, but as a piano player and tuba player, this is when my head really starts to just melt. Um, much as it does when Steve uses different tunings for his guitar. Uh, in my head, it would be like somebody rearranging the combination of white and black keys on the piano keyboard um, and still expect to be able to play the song. I just, uh, just mess it with my head. Uh, I just wouldn't be able to compute it. Um, or, I don't know, on the tuba, uh, changing the length of the slides that the valves are on. So... What pressing pressing first valve down, what it normally does, it now does something different. It'll be a lower note or a higher note, whatever. Uh, it would just completely. I just I wouldn't be able to handle it. Um, so, a shout out to all those guitarists out there that handle these different tunings. I couldn't do it. Um, and some people's brains cope with it. Um, I guess if you spend your whole time um, working with these changes, playing with these changes, it just becomes the normal, doesn't it? And um, and it probably makes sense to you. Um, so we'll hear from Steve about the origins of Wrapped Up In You. And then we've got, hopefully, uh, an interesting sort of side-by-side comparison of the original demo that Steve recorded on his phone uh, all those months ago compared with the final released version from the studio. Uh, someone was uh, asking me today how I write songs and... Uh, I guess it's not an unusual question. And the real answer is, any way I can. Um, sometimes I start with a word, sometimes I start with a tune, sometimes it all comes together. But whatever way you do it, there's usually some little musical spark, uh, something that makes you hear something you hadn't heard before, that think, ah, oh, that, could, that could be interesting, that could be something. And uh, one of the things that really worked for me recently was... A, uh, last year when I was in the States, uh, my old friend Rob Hale, fantastic songwriter, he gave me a partial capo, which I've never used before or even seen. Partial capo, capo is something that holds some but not all of the, st- the strings down. So if I um, play this chord with a full capo when you get that sound, and then if you play it with a partial capo on, which you can put either on a top three strings or the bottom three strings you get this beautiful different sound and as soon as I had this I started messing around doing different things there's an old chord progression you know it's used in everything I mean everyone's done this thing where you go from a shape like that million songs million songs but then uh, so that was with a full capo but then picking up this I thought aha aha I can do something here and kept the same old shapes but new sounds And basically, 
that's what became wrapped up in you and it's a guitar picking piece which I, I knew and loved it took me a little while to find some words and then literally the whole song came together in five minutes total writing time probably less than a quarter of an hour and it's the most successful song we've ever done that's how it goes sometimes So for the side-by-side, we'll start with the intro, uh, the first verse and the chorus. It's all quite short. Um, so they're going to be interpolated. Uh, there's a couple of bars from the demo version, which is just Steve singing and playing his guitar, and then a couple of bars from the final release um, with the, the full band playing, and it sort of switches back and forth between those two states. Um, and you'll hear that on the final version, the tempo's a bit punchier, um, and the the feel you get from that driving bass line really kicks in. Um, the eagle-eared of you might just spot the old tuba line in the in the chorus too, if you have a nice close listen out for that. Stop rolling dice, I've learned to think twice. I said goodbye to the road wrapped up in you. And the next bit we'll have a listen to is the instrumental refrain. Um, again, first from the demo and then from the release. Um, the release version is pretty faithful to the original. Um, obviously, the, the sort of range is a bit greater. We've got that driving bass line and then these high piano lines giving it a bit more a bit, a bit of character up there as well so um, have a listen to this off we'll play you the whole finished song so this is wrapped up in you I lay down my gun the long day was done I was looking to lighten the load stop rolling dice I've learned to think twice I said goodbye to the road wrapped up in you wrapped up in you wrapped up in you was all I could do to stand up and open the gate Something I would find would do things to my mind Gave up all resistance to my fate Wrapped up in you Wrapped up in you Wrapped up in you Put my hat on the back of your door Your eyes 
eyes catch fire like a lighter on the wire Couldn't help but come back I'm more wrapped up in you Wrapped up in you Wrapped up in you Wrapped up in you You're a poet, you're a lover You're an angel undercover You're the best thing that happened to me There's nothing that is fake There's no one on the take You're the fruit from the magical tree Wrapped, wrapped up, up in you Wrapped up in you search for American Wilderness or Steve Bonham or The Long Road and you'll you'll find it. Um, if you really liked it, why not go ahead and purchase the song or the or the, even the whole EP. Um, support your independent artists. Now, on to the next section. Steve Bonham and me, Chris the Bishleiden, uh, in conversation about the origins of our shared music making uh, and what makes the, the songwriting process for The Long Road interesting and exciting. Uh, and I'll see you on the other side. You weren't born when we started making music together. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but twenty years ago, when I was, when I physically were, we were making yeah. music together, and we had our old band, Doctor Big Love, which is still out there on Spotify. Spotify if, you, if anyone wants to bang us a pound d- a year, d- dig yeah. it up. Yeah, all pound a year. That's gone up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember back then we were just talking about going to like where where all this stuff was coming from. This term swampy music or going back to the source, and I think. I think now we've actually we've found we've actually got there. Yeah, it's taken us twenty years, but I remember um, one of our friends said, "You finally cracked Doctor Big Love." It. It's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the um, maybe it was always going to take us a little while to work out how we were doing it. We're not trying to imitate other people or other songs. Uh, I mean, what was the phrase that you used a few weeks ago? I can't remember what it was now. Music that's in there in your sub- in your unconscious, yeah. but you've never heard anything like it before. Kind yeah. of thing. All the components are sort of in there you know we were saying in the studio i don't know anybody else is making music like this i think it's true i think 
there's something about this, the way that we've made these songs, that it's, you know, unique's a funny word, but maybe this is unique. I don't think, you know, that's true. I don't think I could have made music like this when I was younger. Mm, yeah. You know, we've got a thing in the world at the moment. We've got, you know, this kind of ageist view of things that musicians do all their great stuff when they're young and then, you know, get bloated on yeah. drugs and yeah. uh, and and stuff, yeah. a lot of stuff, and then, you know, lose it. And actually, uh, you know, quite a lot probably do. On the other hand, some things like wine, yes. you, you can't rush. And I don't know if this is wine is music but I think there is a bit about saying it takes a lot of different pieces to sort of get all to the right stage you mm-hmm. know so I was lucky to to refine Americana seven or eight years ago with people I knew who really loved it and talked about it mm-hmm. and that kind of was a rediscovery uh, about the same time as you know you were really getting into uh, that particularly deranged and mad piano that you can do about the same time as we bumped into Kev again. You yeah. know, it was like yeah, a, it was a confluence of events. Rock and roll encyclopedia yeah. of, yeah. you know, how to do it properly, you know. Yeah. So you know, those bits all needed to come together well, at the right time. Think, and I think that's been a that's a, that's maybe that's part of the uniqueness for us, is that there is those there's these three sort of distinct influences from you, me and Kev. Yeah. But the the crossover, you know, the point where we meet and cross over and that's, um, you know, the, I mean, as you say, encyclopedic knowledge, but just Kev has been everywhere and done everything, yeah. you know, all kinds of music. Perhaps most of it has been rock and sort of uh, pop stuff and, you know, metal as well, which definitely mm. does has, has... There's been a couple of influences yeah, of, the, of the, 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 the metal vocals in the recent stuff. That drumming would frighten the, the children. Yeah, yes, the drumming, you know. <laughs> amazed those drumskins survived. I'm amazed the sticks survived. <laughs> the week we did. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the influence that I've got of sort of the blues and the jazzy world and the love of these, you know, Amer- the Americana edging on the country fused with the sort of folk background that you've mm. got those things all combined together to make you know unique certainly different um and it's certainly the sort of stuff that we've been trying to do for yeah <laughs> a couple and i think, of, it's, I think it's an interesting thing and just uh, you know trying to think as we talk you know, about other people who think you did that i mean i think you know back in my childhood that was one of the great things they don't get any credit for the stones did mm. you know they weren't they weren't mimicking the blues yeah. in the kind of... They obviously did some blues tracks. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were mixing everything they knew into it. And that's what yeah. maybe the, the Kinks did in the, in the, in the, in the 60s, you know. Um, you know, that those sort of people have been, always been the writers that have interested me. You know, they don't mimic full stop, yeah. you know. I also think, you know, when you get the three of us, what was interesting was it opens the doors to your own mind. So... Where I've written a lyric and Kev comes back with something to go, you know, some music for it, which we, we, we can work on. It's very different to anything either of us would do. Mm. Uh, and it almost feels completely freeform in places, you mm. know. Something like the Ballad of Duane and Billy Marie is incredible. It's rubbing hard to sing, really, because <laughs> yeah. it you just just is so freeform. And, yeah. And I think that's a great thing. You know, it's funny enough, when I was writing something for a... 
one of those international online magazines the other day at Wardroom Studios. And I came up with this idea that what we've got and what that studio is, so it's common ground. Mm. You know, where and common ground is a place where conversations can happen and, mm. and, and stuff can get done together and change yeah, yeah. because you're all in it together. And Stuart, you know, Stuart Jones there, you know, as the engineer, he's brilliant at that. So it, it releases quite a lot of um, potential. The idea of common ground, I think that's a very important idea. It's where conversations happen, musical conversations and ideas. If I was writing a song at home, I wouldn't have that conversation. So I would still might write a good song, don't get me wrong. Or, but it, it gets exciting for me was when you got that common ground where you're all working together and you know, and the four of us listening yeah. together in the same place at the same time without status. You know, as you know, I'm the T boy when we're recording. <laughs> so you know, it is without status and it. It lets the magic happen. It, let, well, it lets, the, lets the brew get going. Well, I think one of the things that Stuart does that is brilliant as well is he understands what, we, what we're trying to do straight away, basically. Mm. He, gets, he, he, he tends to get our, our music and our sound straight away. And he can, he can offer advice that we sometimes can't see ourselves. Mm. Like, we can't sometimes see if we're doing too much. Yeah. And one of the, the things he often says, we need to pair this back. Let's make it more, you know, cut straight to the message rather than... You know some of the faffing around that we might do instinctively. And he says, "Let's do, let's make it simpler. Do it again, but let's just cut it, cut mm. it back." And that's, you know, he's, he's nearly always, nearly always spot on. Well, don't you think that's that's the joy of music? Mm. You know, it, and, and I am really aware now. You know, when I think about it, how different that is now to the processes of other song writing. Mm. You know, which tends to be, you know, people with garage band or uh, any of those things, working on their own, doing their own guitar parts, their own bass parts, their own effects, their own singing. I mean, it's a different. It's such a different way. It's not. I um, wouldn't presume to say it's worse, but it's a very different, different thing that yeah, you're doing. It's a very different experience, mm. and I do think it sounds different. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You know, yeah. it does sound. I mean, I look back on recording fifteen tracks, Chris. <laughs> 15 tracks and just stuff happening you think oh well I've never dreamt yeah. I mean we were joking about Kev's thunderous drums yeah you know who'd have thought you know I thought he was going to smash the studio to pieces at one time but it sounds wonderful it sounds great yeah. wonderful there are probably out there people who are into their music being a little more refined <laughs> they're going to be very upset but I think I got a quote from him or something which says something like you know wanting to prove that acoustic music can be Angry and passionate and damned heavy, as well mm. as sweetness and light and yeah. m- m- melancholy. Yeah. So I've done a little bit of digging, not much, admittedly, but a little bit. And apparently the ideal temperature for water to go into bread making is between 41 and 46 degrees Celsius. Yes, fact fans, this week on the Bishop's Daily Bread, we are discussing bread again. Uh, Now, I've been using water in the mid-30s degrees Celsius range for my recent bakes. 
which seems to have been fine on the whole. Um, although I did have a little disaster this week, which maybe was down to the water temperature, I don't know. Um, but a little bit more on that later on. Um, so the main task I set myself this week was soft dinner rolls. Uh, to cut a long story short, they were fine. It's probably awful calling something just fine, but, you know, they were fine. Neither great nor terrible. They were just fine. I was, to be quite honest with you, pleasantly surprised that they weren't terrible. Um, they were soft inside, and the outsides, although they looked funky, um, they looked like they were going to be hard and nasty, but actually they were quite soft, um, which is what I was going for. Um, but my, oh my, they did not rise well at any point, neither in the, the proving nor in the baking. They were just a bit flat-looking, to be honest, um, but they're still soft, so, you know, fine. Not a terrible effort, but some things to be learned, I'm sure. I'm fairly sure one of the, the key processes in the whole bread-making thing is the kneading, and I'm definitely cutting corners there using my bread-maker to do that bit for me. Because um, sh- surely it can only do a limited job with that little paddle. I mean, it's only the, the paddle's only the size of my thumb, I mean. So maybe I just need to get over it and make the dough by hand. Um, perhaps I'd see an improvement all round. Um... I think next I shall attempt, uh, again, some um, rolls, but I shall try to get them to be crusty rolls on the outside and soft in the middle. Uh, I don't know exactly how to achieve that right now, but I suspect, I think it's going to involve throwing some ice into the bottom of the oven once I've put the bread in to bake or something. Um, a little bit of research done there, and more on that next time. So onto that disaster I mentioned. Um, for the first time ever, I think, with my bread maker, I'd set it yesterday evening to make a simple white loaf. Um, it went disastrously wrong. After the allotted two and a half hours, my timer went off. And as normally happens, I completely ignore this initial timer because I'm inevitably in the middle of something else and I just think, ah, oh, I've just finished this job, then I'll go and check the bread. Um, but this time I really ignored it. Um, completely forgot for several hours about this bread I had baking in the machine. Um, and actually I had to get out of bed just before falling asleep. As I suddenly remembered, ah, I've got a loaf of bread that still needs to be taken out of the machine. Anyway, something must have gone awry with the in- ingredients or something, because rather than a, a final cooked loaf, um, there was just some thoroughly overexpanded dough um, to the extent that it was pushing the top of the bread maker open and oozing out of the sides um, as if it was attempting to escape its Breville-branded prison and hunt down its human overlord. I don't know, I must have put in too much yeast or the water was too hot or whatever, I don't know. Or the, or the yeast or the sugar just got on a bit too well this time, I'm, I'm not sure. It was, it was simultaneously hilarious and awful to see this machine bulging with oozing bread dough. Um, it was a little bit like, um, oh, it's a film I haven't seen in a few decades, the scene from Sleeper, uh, which in my head was bread dough. Uh, there was a scene with bread dough and uh, something similar, but upon investigating it turns out to be something called Instant Pudding. This is the film from the 70s, set in the 22nd century. Um, and I've got these distinct memories from childhood of Woody Allen's character beating this amorphous brown blob back into submission with a broom. Um, the clip is on YouTube if you've, never, if you've never seen it or you want a refresher. A little side note, proving the dangers of a wild and rampant free internet. Once you find out what they they called the stuff Woody Allen's character was making, it was called Instant Pudding, and then do a search for Sleeper Instant Pudding to try and find out a little more about it. What's the first search result? A recipe for Instant Pudding from Sleeper. The wonders of the modern age, eh? 
how many souls have we lost around the world to this beige beast running rampant through suburbia, I dread to think. Surely the first search result should be a cautionary tale of the perils of instant pudding, uh, and perhaps even more importantly, how to defeat said pudding with a household broom. Anyway, I left this disaster dough in the fridge overnight. I no particular idea what effect that would have, but it was, you know, half past twelve at night and wasn't going to bake it then and there. So I put it into bake uh, this morning, um, and I shall let you know before this um, podcast is over how this disaster bread turns out. Um, keep your ears peeled. <laughs> There we go. Another episode of the Long Road Podcast. Thanks very much for listening. Um, As promised, a quick bread update. Actually, you know what? It looks wonky as heck, but tastes delicious. Soft inside. You know, tastes like proper bread. Nice, crunchy outside. Um, Ironically, it's perhaps the very best loaf of bread this particular bread maker has ever had a hand in. Um, I'm very pleasantly surprised. Um, Please do subscribe to this podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, The next episode will be out uh, next week, Friday the 28th of February, 2020. As always, you can check out our past episodes of the podcast on artisan-creative.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Let us know what you think. Tell us what you like about the podcast, the music, the shows. You can find us on Facebook, uh, Steve Bonham on Facebook. That's our main social media channel. We've also got our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash stevebonham01. Um, please subscribe there and have a look at the videos on there. You can follow us on Twitter. Steve's on stevebonham01. I'm at Das Chris Lydon. D-A-S, Chris Lydon, L-Y-D-O-N. Uh, and Kev, unfortunately, is definitely still banned from Twitter. How very rock and roll. We're on Instagram as well, Steve Bonomo one on Instagram. If you want to go to the website, artisan-creative.com, sign up to the mailing list. I think there's a mailing coming out in the next few weeks, um, but it's only every quarter, it's only every, every three months, so it's absolutely not a bombardment in your inbox, but it keeps you up to date with what's going on. Whilst you're on that website, artisan-creative.com you can get a free download of the ebook of Steve's book A Little Nostalgia for Freedom if you so desire all of the band's music is on Spotify and Apple Music so you can go there just search for Steve Bonham and the Long Road you'll find us our latest EP which was released uh, in October 2019 is on there including National Indie Radio's Song of the Year wrapped up in you which we played you earlier on and the epic American Wilderness uh, and one of my favourites Interstate 25 so thank you once again brave adventurers vagabonds and explorers remember the world isn't beige it's authentic it's rich and it's real embrace every last bit of it until next time the journey goes ever on with the long road bye for now (laughs) 